Hey guys, before we get started, happy Easter. That's when we're recording this. I don't know when you're listening to this. Could be then, could be later. Who knows? But it's Easter today, so, you know, get your egg on, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) That's another shirt I want to (laughs) make. I am wearing the most um, Easter-appropriate shirt I could find. It's my Jason Lives shirt. Uh, for those on the YouTube, you can see it. Um, yeah, hallelujah, he is risen. You know, thank you. <laughs> for those on the YouTube, you can see your mic stand right in the middle of it. Yeah, well, you get the idea. Well, that's appropriate, though. Yeah. That's appropriate for today, and I'll tell you. I'll t- tell you why it's appropriate for today for our topic. What are we talking about today? Talking about Scream Five, um, which I'm excited to talk about. Uh, I'll get we'll, we'll talk we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I don't want to talk about it yet. Follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod. Our website: LaunchpadPod.com. Check me out on YouTube. Um, you know, check me out on that YouTube interview I did. Thanks for everybody who watched that. That did better than any of our videos ever did, <laughs> <laughs> except for that wrestling video. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, before we get into the show proper, I'm not even going to start the theme song because I need to bring this one movie up. I went and saw it. It's the second movie I've seen in theaters in since the pandemic started. I okay. went and saw Everything Everywhere All at Once, mm-hmm. and it is the best movie all year. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. It is a flawless film, and I think I was, I'm still reeling from how good that movie is. Fucking incredible, dude. Why did you go see it in theaters? Um, like, was there a reason that you chose to see that one in theaters? I was very excited to see this film based on the directors who are fellow Emersonian bros, uh, the Daniels. Uh, they're two dudes with the name Daniel. And uh, I think one of them, his last name's Daniel, one of them, his first name's Daniel. But they're Emersonians, a year younger than me, I think. Um, but they have made some fun movies. They did uh, Swiss Army Man, which uh, Daniel mm-hmm. Radcliffe, Harry Potter plays a farting corpse. Um, but... <laughs> These guys are brilliant because they make movies where they take very human stories, like really human, poignant, interesting, complicated stories and wrap them in absurdities. And I love it. And this is about multi-universe, multi-dimensional like worlds. So the main story is just about an overbearing Chinese mother trying to break the cycle of, of being overbearing and ruining your kids because her father did it to her and she needs to learn how to stand up to her father and she's doing it to her husband and her kid. But then it turns into this multi-dimensional thing where they're like kung fu fighting and some of them, sometimes they have sausage fingers, like hot dog fingers. And sometimes they have, you know, they can sing and they travel through different dimensions. It's fucking incredible. And like, it's absurd and ridiculous. At one point, these guys like um, to, to travel, to, to gain the knowledge from other multiverses, you have to do the most unprobable thing. So the whole movie, everybody's just doing ridiculous shit, like spraying stuff in their eyes or eating chapstick. At one point, they're like, you have to jam this thing up your butt to learn Kung Fu or whatever. So everybody's trying to jam this trophy up their butt. And it's just, it's hysterical. And, but then again, like it comes full circle into this beautiful story. And I'm alone in this theater because nobody else wants to see cool movies in Peachtree City. And I'm alone (laughs) in this theater and just like laughing and crying and cry laughing and had a great time. It is just a stellar film. Go see it. Way to go, Daniels. Good job. What, um, where do we put it in our blockbuster, in our, in our VHS store? What's know. what category? Sci-fi, maybe sci-fi. Yeah, really. It has, it has like some sci-fi shit going on. It has enough more sci-fi than shit. drama or or comedy or anything like that. I guess. Yeah, it has enough sci-fi to do it. And guess who's in it? Okay, okay, okay. Have you ever just randomly been watching Goonies or Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Been like, I wonder what Short Round's doing. <laughs> yeah, I have. He's in this movie, and he's unbelievable. He gives a, an incredible performance. He's doing his own stunts, all this martial arts stuff, but also like. He switches back and forth between in the the main universe 
that you follow him. He's kind of a wiener. Like he's really just like meek and like gets bulldozed by his his wife. And then in other universes, like he's a kick-ass fighter. And in one universe, he's like kind of the suave debonair guy. And he gives this great delivery where he goes, you think I'm weak because I don't fight. But for all your fighting, you're just run down. And I disarm people by being kind to them. So I bring them cookies or or I back down from the argument, but that's my way of fighting another day. So if you can't respect me for that, like I pity, you know, that's that's sorry. That's too bad. And I, it's just like he just give, delivers this great speech about it, about like, can't we just be nice and not fight? And that teaches like the biggest thing is like you don't have to fight people all the time. Like, why don't you try something nice first and see how that goes? And, I, you know, it, that's kind of the bigger, even bigger message. And it's just so fucking cool. They just do so many cool things. Like the bad guy in it is this interdimensional or bad girl, I guess, interdimensional, like omnipresent being. And she like walks into a room and her clothes just keep changing into different things that she's pulling from other universes. And like she can turn people into whatever she wants uh, through different multiverses. It's fucking cool, man. I love it. And I love that weird sci-fi shit. And again, it's absurd. So it's like you can't take it seriously. At one point, Jay- mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. She's fucking great. At one point, her and the main woman are in this one dimension where everybody has hot dogs for fingers. So they have these big floppy fingers and they're having this relationship where they're like trying to like caress each other's faces with floppy fucking fingers. And I'm just cracking up. I'm dying. Oh man. And the main woman is the chick from crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Just, just like they're just, everybody's just crushing it. Everybody in this movie is crushing it. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Fucking go see it. Go see it. If you can go see it in theaters, do it's breaking like records right now with a bunch of asterisks, like non Marvel, Non vampire, non you know, non Star Wars <laughs> film made a lot of money. So right, it's, it's doing all right. It's doing all right. So I'm happy. That's for that. pretty cool. All right. But I highly recommend it. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Scream Five. Do you like scary movies? Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Matt. So we're going to jump. <laughs> jump what? Into some scream. Some scream. This is scream means a lot to me. Does scream mean a lot to you? No. Oh, scream means a lot to me, and I'm going to tell you why for two reasons. Yes, one, yeah, yeah. the first one, and anybody that's into movies, and especially if you're into horror, knows the first one was like a renaissance for horror, right? For for screen horror. If scream didn't come along at the time it did, uh, I mean horror. I think horror film would be so different right now. It really changed the game. It made it accessible again. It made it fun again. Um, it brought it back to roots while also bringing in some new things. It's just a really good movie. Like it's, a, it's almost like you say a jumping on point, right? Like if yeah. someone's like, "What's a good horror movie to watch?" You don't really want to start them with, you know, Frankenstein in the '30s or something like that. Someone our age, or especially a little younger, Scream is accessible. Scream is a really good. It it, it makes a lot of sense. It's um. Is it though? Yeah, I, I think so. I think you need. I think you need a little bit more of a base to get this because it's an inside baseball movie. Now, you could, and you maybe you are making this argument, you could convince me that it's good for someone who's never seen a slasher because it gives them all the tropes at once. Correct. 
And then if you've seen slashers, you're like, yeah, but this is why it's fun. But right. if you're the first time watching a Scream movie, don't watch it with me or Rumi because the whole time we'll be like, you see this? Okay, this is why exactly. this is a funny joke. And this Yeah, don't why, watch it with yeah. me. Yeah, don't but watch it, it with I me. I think it's good because I think you and I, who first of all have seen Scream a hundred times, but also yep. we've seen every movie that they mention in it and that they they homage in it and stuff. We've, we know that. That's in our blood. But someone who hasn't can watch it and be like, oh, okay, I, I totally get what it's doing. I understand the genre now. You know, like it or, lo- or love it or hate it, I get the genre. And I think it is a modern classic, I would say. In my, it really did start, in my mind at least, a renaissance of a new wave horror that I can get behind. And then it quickly lost its way with, you know, the jump, the shitty jump scares and shit that, you know, that I hate. But I love it. But I, I love the, it for. Yeah, the first one's great. I mean, I. The first again, one. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, the rest of them are fine, more or less, but like. Ugh, it has a the third one is garbage like is that the one where they're on set for screen? i can't believe you set up such a great like great setup let's go to the movie that we're making of the movie what a great idea and the fight scenes in the houses like it's again and and i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up this this sort of um analogy later but like it's a great cocktail recipe you have all the ingredients laid yeah, out. yeah 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 but you did something wrong in Scream 3. Something is wrong in Scream 3. And it just, it's not working. It's dragging Jenny McCarthy. on. McCarthy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's dragging on. It's slow. The killers are bad. The, the, you know, the kills aren't memorable. There's a cool fight scene in the house, which is, you know, the reference to the original house, which, again, fucking cool. But why isn't it working? I don't know. That's for the Scream 3 podcast. We're talking about that. But then I like Scream 4. I like 1, 2, 4, and 5. Right yeah, now. That's I agree where I'm with at. That. That's where I'm at. Three, well, three is super low on my list, but I liked four because four came back and kind of actually was like, "Hey, we know we know what what we needed to do to fix it," and it kind of followed a, a formula that made that work. And I love the beginning, which had like a really fun like series of like, "Ha ha, gotcha! Oh, oh, we got you again!" Because Scream always opens cool. They always have a fun like yeah, cool yeah. opening. It it means a lot to me for multiple reasons, and one of the biggest reasons you were there for uh, listeners and I guess longer time fans might remember that we did a scream episode where I got Roger Jackson, the voice actor who does numerous cartoon voices and stuff, but he also does Ghostface for the movies. I was able to get in touch with him and have him surprise Rumi live on you know live recorded on the podcast. So we're awesome. talking about <laughs> it was awesome. awesome. I mean, it, it, it came together awesome. so well. We were in Rumi's house together because we were in L.A. at the same time yep. at that point. And I was sitting next to Rumi and I was texting the actual ghost face killer information about Rumi, including where his dog was, what his dog's name was and what shirt he had on, which was a Jason shirt, which is what I said at the top of the episode. And Ghostface called and was telling Rumi all this shit. And Rumi did not know. I think you knew right away it was it was actually him, but you didn't know how he was getting all this information and shit. And we were both looking at each other. It was just such one of the like to me that was like high point, one of the most memorable things that we've done together. Period. Let alone for the podcast. And I was proud that I was able to put it together Dude. and put it together without you knowing. And because we had, I told you we were going to do a scream episode, and we you, you and I both rolling. had Hold info. On. Oh, let so me, good. Let me take over from here. You had me going so hard with this because you're like, I got somebody to call into it. I'm like, who is it? You're like, oh, I met this guy at 
Comic-Con and he had a cool shirt on. I was like, I don't want some stupid rando <laughs> on the podcast that you met at Comic-Con that I've never met. And it's like, you know, who is this guy? And so, like, he called in and immediately he's like, um, hello. And I was like, oh, it's some wiener that you've met at Comic-Con. Like, who is this guy? What is going on here? And when he broke into Ghostface, how did I not see that coming? It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. And then and then he just went on and on with like the I was wearing a Jason shirt. He's like, You're wearing a Jason shirt. That's the wrong, wrong shirt. Fucking movie. Wrong, that's right. <laughs> you know, he told my dog he was gonna gut him like a fish. Right, Rufio? Rufio's like, I remember it. I'm still scared. It was, you know, we we watched Scream here with a group of people, and I had that idea. I was like, how cool if I could get him. But I thought it was such a long shot and it worked. And then I called him to to kind of confirm. And he's like, well, let's do a test of the equipment. And he and I talked for like fucking an hour about old heart, like the history of horror movies. Yeah, so it was, was cool. cool. He was a cool fan of horror. So and if you listen, if you guys have listened, we have a two part episode where we talk about Scream and talk with Roger Jackson. Yeah, you, you, you we, we, we treaded a lot of ground as far as horror. And that was just so cool. So Scream. And the podcast will always have a very special um, combo for me, you know. And same. That's why. That's why. Like to me, Scream is cool. I worked on Scream, the TV show, arguably the worst installment of <laughs> of the Screamiverse, if you want to call it that. Um, but to be fair, when I'm on Instagram, every now and then I'll scroll by and see the TV show's version of the mask, the Brandon James mask, and I'm like. Some people still love that. That did have mm-hmm. a place, and some people did like it. Good. I'm glad people enjoyed it, and I hope it got them to investigate more horror movies, because I guess my biggest hope for Scream is that it's like a gateway movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, the first one is stellar. I will. There's, hands down, one of the best slashers, and such a good meta horror film. It's aware in, a, in the best ways, and it does a great job. And it's like, that recipe, that cocktail recipe is so rare, so, and so hard to repeat, like, I don't know what it was, and maybe we can get into that. I don't know why that one works so damn well, and then three is like such a bust, and two is just a straight sequel. Like, sequel, yeah, we made a sequel, yeah, but like it makes all the mistakes that Halloween two made and Nightmare on Elm Street two made. It's like, well, we kind of rushed into making this because the last one was hit, and we don't really know what to do now, and we don't know what the rules need to be for the sequel. But they talk about it and they try, so okay. But like the first one is just so good. Um, the TV show, eh, but I'm I'm still happy I worked on it. It's cool, you know, that people still like it. But let's talk about five. What did you think, Rumi? You like five? Were you into it? Yeah, I would give it a thumbs up, but I would give it a thumbs up like uh like two and four. It was it was good. It had its moments, the meta moments and the woke moments where it was like, hey, this is you know, the part of the the sequels where it becomes not quite a reboot not quite a sequel it, it, it to, to be able to stretch that gimmick into the fifth movie where it's still talking about itself like that i'm on board for it and i think the comparisons and things it said were interesting and, and were good i think it was violent i think it was uh the kills did a good the kills were better than they've been in a long time yeah and it, there was which i think speaks to the age and the generation that it's made f- for and with um some of the scenes were like, like there was no memorable scene for me that I was like, remember? Oh, remember this part? There I were do, a couple parts one. that were a little creepy, but overall, I think it was just like a sequel. It wasn't bad. wasn't great, but I enjoyed it. Amanda, Amanda, my wife watched it with me 
and she doesn't watch horror movies really. And she was like, that was fine. We were guessing who the killer might be the whole time. So like, you know, what else do you want from the fifth movie in a slasher genre? Yeah, well, that is 100% true. It's better than most, you know, most you can ask for for a fifth film in any franchise. But uh, Kate guessed the killer immediately. Immediately. So, so, did, so did we, but then you're like, okay, that seems too easy, right? But they're trying so damn hard to throw you off. Um, the scene that I really liked, <laughs> there's this teen boy in a shower. <laughs> yeah, yes, I agree. No, no, but he gets out of the shower and he walks around the house and keeps opening things and obscuring the far view. So he'll mm-hmm. do a thing where like he walks into the kitchen, you see a hallway and you're like, that'd be a good place for a ghost face to pop out. And he opens <laughs> like the fridge to obscure that hallway. So you're like, when he closes the fridge, there's going to be a ghost face there. Mm-hmm. And the whole fucking scene is that. Of this guy walking around the house and opening doors, and then you're like, there's going to be a ghost face when he closes it, and like you're expecting it because you know the trope, and he doesn't right. do it. That was great. I thought that built well. They did it well. And even if you're like, I get what you're doing, you're laughing at it because you're like, they're doing a good yeah. job making me want there to be a ghost face. The kills are good, but here's what I'll say, and, it, and it's kind of a weird criticism. It's too on the nose. It was too meta. Now, sure. again, I can't figure out what this formula is. The first one is meta as shit. It's aware. It knows that it's a movie that's that's kind of winking at you. This one, I, I can't say how, in what ways was it different than the first movie, but they the characters are almost, we are literally in a movie right now where the movie's happening. There must be people watching us in a movie aware that we're doing it. And it's like, they were almost so aware that something didn't work for me. Mm. The kills were there. The fi- the filming making was competent. That's all fine. But if you're going to be that on the nose, here's where my my analogy of the cocktail comes in. You got whiskey. You've put in a bunch of bitters. You've put in too much lime. How do you balance it out with some with some sugar? Well, what do you need to balance this out to make this on the nose work? Is it more comedy? My hypothesis if, is if they pushed it a little bit further and winked at you a little bit harder, being this on the nose will work. Or you tone it the fuck down. But mm. I kind of like what they did. So it's like I either wanted them to go a little bit goofier with it or pull back how on the nose you are. I would agree with that because it did feel like if you pulled back on it a little bit, it would be a little bit more high stakes and a little bit more um, drama and um, real. If you went a little bit more more meta, more focused on that, it would be almost winking at the camera, almost hyper aware. And it would be a little silly. So it would be a little extra universe, which I think would be fine. I think you're right. And I think they hit this like dead zone in between where you weren't quite sure how to feel because there were some times that definitely felt very Scooby-Doo-ish. But then there was some brutal fucking scenes where the murderer was murdering hard graphically or just stalking them. And you're like, oh, as silly as that conversation that we just had about this was, now a character is in peril and... That's like, like, like you're, you're now you want me to feel for this, but you just made me think it was a cartoon a second ago. So I, I agree a little bit, either commit more to that or, or pull it back a less. But then again, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to sell the average person on why fans might want or not want to see the fifth in a series, which I think they accomplished. I think that worked. They really did. And like, there were some things that I thought were really funny, like when it showed like stab seven and it was like the gold ghost face with a flamethrower. And I was like, yeah, that's funny. But I'd also watch that movie. So, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I'm looking at you, Scream 6. The- <laughs> um, that's the director, by the way. Uh, I love that James A. Janice and his wife were in it from the Dead Meat uh, mm-hmm. YouTube channel. It's like, man, that's cool. Congratulations to you guys. Uh, fucking cool. Just kind of like as an aside, talking about Scream movies and how goofy that one is. Uh, the, the, the in-universe stab films. Um, I thought it was interesting how they were like, I'm only into like elevated horror. And I was like, ah, yeah. ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it, I like that. I thought that made sense. But you're right. It also was like to have a conversation, like the fact that they were talking about that as opposed to just having that in the dialogue. It was definitely on the nose. I didn't really think of it in that perspective until you said it. But like those characters could have conveyed that information without having the conversation about that. Which then oh. just made it very, very on point. It was like shining a spotlight on it. It's, it's, and, and there were continually things where it's like, man, you're just kicking me in the nose really fucking hard. And, you know, go, wait, spoiler alert, guys. Sorry if you haven't seen this shit yet. When Dewey dies, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Ghostface kills him, and is like, it was an honor. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Like, I'm fine. Fine. Um, I didn't buy the killers, they didn't earn it. Um, the boyfriend Agreed. was the boyfriend was fine, but the other killer because there's always two. The other killer was one of the friends um, in the the girl group friends, uh, a girl from the group of friends. I didn't buy her for a second. Not only is she way too tiny to be, <laughs> yeah, she was way too tiny to be one of the Ghostface killers in this, especially like dragging people down hallways and throwing. Then you're mm-hmm. like, dude, I could. You know, like, no way. No fucking way. Um, and also, your friends know you. Like, and, you know, everybody can argue, like, well, we don't really know them. And, like, I don't really know Rumi. But, like, you know, if everybody was like, Rumi was a serial killer, I'd be like, no fucking way. Oh. <laughs> we know so little about us. Even the ones we love. But it's like, fucking, like, you you know your friends well enough that they're not, like, ghost face obsessed. Like, wouldn't I, I know what you're into. It's right, like, right, right. If she was that obsessed with the ghost face killings, the stab movies, and the um, you know the the whole shit going down, they would know. Somebody would know. Have be seen. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But fucking Becky's into some fucking what was her name? Carpenter. Her name was something Carpenter. It was a, an homage. But yeah, like, there was yeah, a lot of that. A lot yeah. of that. Holy shit. Um. Yeah, everybody being related to somebody from the first four films was kind of like... uh. I thought that was too much as a device, but they also didn't do a great job of explaining it, in my opinion. Now, granted, I was watching it with Amanda. We were not shitty movie Sundaying it, but we were talking every once in a while. Not enough that I thought I was missing much information, but I don't know... Like, I don't think they explained good enough because I don't know who she is. Then at the end, when that girl... When it's revealed that she's one of the killers... She keeps calling the boyfriend of the main, the quote unquote main girl, baby. And you're like, wait, are you in? I don't understand. Are you in a relationship? And then they're also, they end up at Stu's house, which uh, granted, maybe I somehow missed why they were at Stu's house. But why were they at Stu's house? Because one of those kids is his like her, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It is her. Yeah. She's the one She's who's his... on the couch later watching the, the, the movie and, and the Stu. No. That is the girl on the couch is Jamie Kennedy's relative. I thought he was Stu. No, Stu is Matthew Lillard. Oh, oh, oh. One of the killers. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the house that they're at because that's the house from the original where the original bullshit takes place. 
But I don't understand how nobody in that movie in, in knew Scream that that was the house. Yeah, right. Like now, Woodsboro is this whole murder central thing where this real series of mur- murders happened that started a movie series in their universe. Everyone's related to somebody, including that someone who owned that house. And they don't all of those people who are so obsessed with not only horror movies, but that specific stab movie. They don't know that that's the house. And they're not in that house being like, we're having a party in the murder right, house. In the house. Cool murder Nobody knew that. Nobody, yeah. That, and that then was they reveal it to me and I was like, oh, it's his house. OK, fine. But like, I think this movie, one of the weaknesses for me was there was a lot of like, all right, you're expecting me to suspend my disbelief enough to believe that that happened. OK, fine. Again, you're the fifth movie in a franchise that fine. I like. Go ahead. That, But that was like one of the biggest ones for me. Same with the small little girl killer who I didn't know. And that was, I guess, I bleeds into another weakness for me was in the original Scream and even some of the stupid sequels, they're like, here's Randy. Randy was the guy's, was uh, Jamie Kennedy. Here's Randy. He's the film buff. Here's Tatum. She's the slutty big boob girl. Here's Sydney. She's the virgin. Here's Billy. He's, he's either going to, he, Billy was set up, the original Billy was set up as the, red herring you know never do well boyfriend character who's going to be the first suspect right and was this movie was like here's all these kids and you're like oh but who is who is he though what does he do like oh he takes a shower and you're like oh okay and like what about this guy well i guess he's a football player because of his jacket um what is his deal oh he's sisters he's brother and sister with her you're like oh okay yeah. And then they're like, oh, by the way, she's a lesbian. And you're like, or, or at least bisexual. And you're like, okay, but who is she? Who are like, they? Yeah. I feel like we didn't have any character development except for maybe the main two sisters, right? Yeah, there were no tropes. To, they didn't even follow the trope because they're like, Arguably. oh, the, yeah, the tropes have been used. So they didn't even care, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. right. who, who are they? they you're right. They were just, None of them- I very much felt like fodder. You're right. It was Dewey. Dewey takes a shower. Dewey was one of the best characters in it, and he had, if you look at the series, one of the best evolutions because I felt like he was de- dead inside. I felt like he was old. It's the first time I didn't think he was like a silly. He just comes across as such a silly actor. Like in the first one, he seems almost cartoony. In this one, it felt like he was not grizzled, but just like dead. Like just you know, ugh. And then when that shit goes down, he's like, all right, let, what are you doing? Drive. He's like, let's go. Let's do this. I thought he was the best character, even more than Sidney and Gale. <laughs> one of the other ones I noticed, I'm just reading, I was just reading on these. So one of our main characters, her name is Sam Carpenter, and her sister's the one who gets stabbed at the beginning of the movie. She is Billy Loomis's daughter. Right. So her name is actually Sam Loomis. Oh, okay. I like that. Cool. But like, again, it's like, there's a lot of that, which is fine and it's fun. It's, but you can't do that in the first one. You can't do that in the second. Even in the third one, it seems like too quick. But by the fifth one, okay, have some fun with it. But yeah, she's, you know, Billy Loomis, he, uh, Skeet Ulrich, that was one of the best anti-aging things I've ever seen. If that's what, if they did that, he fucking looked like from Scream 1. Yeah, they nailed it. And they did a great job with not overusing him and just using him in ways that made sense. And I thought yes. that was really cool. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, and there's just you know there was there was a like I said the stab scene with the guy in the shower where he gets stabbed in the throat, but not like in the center, yeah. just like off to the side. It's through, bleeding. right? He's like, yeah, Bleh. comes in and out, Ugh. and it's so that one looked gnarly, and that one like made you feel it. That and was like, a good scene too because yeah. his mom is racing home, 
Yeah. yeah. His mom, a police chief or a sheriff or whatever. She's from the fourth movie. Whatever. Yeah. She's trying. She's from, uh, uh, fuck, what was the name of that movie? Grindhouse. Remember? She oh, was, yeah. she was in the first part of Grindhouse, the planet terror. Um, that I thought was an effective scene because Ghostface calls her and say, he makes it seem like he's going to kill her. And she's like, come at me, bro. And he's like, I'm coming at your son, which is funny because I, at that point, thought the son, whose name was Wes, I thought he was going to be the killer or one of the killers. So I thought that was a deception to get her home and killed, which it turns out to be. So then I thought that whole like him opening up the fridge and closing, I thought that was more red herring shit. But then he ends up getting killed. And I was like, oh, all right. I didn't see that coming. I thought I thought he was going to be in on the killing. Yeah, uh, they did it. Yeah, that that scene is the best orchestrated thing the whole time. I mean, the way they get Nev Campbell and um, Patricia Arquette. No, uh, what's her name? Gail uh, Weathers. Gail Weathers. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. Um, yeah, the the way they got them back, Sydney and and Gail Weathers back, was kind of a, you know again a big stretch. But all right, hey, they said they'd be in the movie. Get them back in. Figure it out. Sure. And it's like <laughs> it's like Nev Campbell was like. I don't really want to be. And they're like, what if you're only in the third act? She's like, fine. So it's like, we'll introduce you. Like, you only have to be here for three days. Right. It's like, <laughs> we'll get you on a phone call jogging. Can I do it? Like outside my house in New York? Sure. We'll, <laughs> we'll fly to you and do it. Okay. So I'll only be on set for two days and like, got it. So like, she's barely there and she doesn't really do a lot other than like sort of tie the story together and be like, let me tell you how this final girl shit done. You got to get an umbrella. You gotta champ the fucking <laughs> impale him with it, and then like Gail Weathers is there to be like, can we just kill that character? Because I've never been a Gail Weathers fan. She fucking sucks. She's annoying, <laughs> and she's only in it for herself. The entire series that should get you killed. Just dead serious. Like I was pissed that Dewey died and she didn't, but also like, who gives a shit? It's the fifth movie. Kill them all. Like, uh, yeah. Well, what are we doing? <laughs> What are we doing? Yeah, I, I did. I mean, I think she's a good character in the first one, and in the rest of them, I don't really remember. In this one, she was fine, but she's Courtney Cox is a little high strung feeling for me, and she doesn't. Add, and she looked like a skeleton in this one. I was afraid she was going to start stabbing people. But like, um, I don't know. She's just a a terrible character who's one note. Hey, I'm in it for myself. I'm this plucky character right. who's here to do the story, and I don't care who gets hurt in the process because I'm a reporter. Blech. Really? Fucking get stabbed, please. <laughs> please, somebody. And she has been stabbed, and she lives every time. Ugh. I thought the two girls, the the they did a good job of explaining the two. Like First, there was a mystery of the two girls. Why did the one girl leave? What was the falling out in their family? I thought that was interesting, and I knew that would have something to do with it. Yeah. I didn't expect a Billy Loomis uh, two-generation father and son screwing around, impregnating people thing. But like, okay, fine. I thought that was well done, though. Um, I like the younger girl actress. The older girl I didn't care about, but the younger girl did a good job, I thought. Um, and then, fuck, what else was I going to say about them, too? Something else about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a cool scene where they locked one of them in the closet, and I thought, oh, she's she's actually... Oh, yes, it. yes, yes. So, that's what so it was. I that's knew was. I knew that doofy boyfriend who's like, I don't even like horror movies. I was like, he's he's Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So you're trying to figure I out. I love you so much, babe. I'll come with you and I'm super supportive no matter what. And I just pop up from time to time to say some generic supportive thing. Yep. Definitely with the killer. Knew him from the beginning. But I'm trying to figure out the second one. And in it, mm -hmm. I was like, ooh, maybe it's this sister who got stabbed at the beginning. That would have been yeah. kind of a twist. And I it, thought that was very cool because we've never seen a survivor at the beginning, right? 
Yeah. Yes. And that was cool. And also like Ghostface, you're falling apart. You can't even you like kill the first person. That's like he's always been like that though, right? Beer bottle to the face, refrigerator to his chest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always. But kicked. You've always gotten the first girl out of the way. Yeah. Quickly. Like <laughs> you're slipping, dog. You can't even kill the first person, right? And like, who was she? Wasn't even famous. <laughs> <laughs> First movie, you killed the chick from E.T. Now what are you doing? Yeah. <sighs> well, oh, this is a topical joke. How great would it be at, this, at the beginning of Scream 2 to do a special edition where Scream Ghostface jumps out, starts stabbing that guy, and then he sits down next to Jada Pickett Smith, and Will Smith gets up, and he goes over to Ghostface. Slap! <laughs> <laughs> Oh Keep my god! Damn knife out of my wife! Out my wife's fucking mouth. <laughs> um, oh, well, that, that was a setup, though, right? He uh, in this movie, Scream Five, Ghostface, Ghostfaces purposely stabbed that girl, but not to death, right? Because well, they, just to get the other girl back, right? right. So that's she, so they couldn't have killed her, or theoretically, right? Yeah, but stabbing people is not the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it worked. She got there. She came. Sure, but like you could have just shown up and like waved a knife at her and she would have called her sister and be like, oh, and her <laughs> sister might have come home. Yeah. But like, maybe that was the plan, but they were like, whoever it was got, got too stabby, that tiny little girl. Yeah, got a little, yeah, the tiny little girl. <laughs> I like when she gets burned. She kind of has a Freddy Krueger thing going on. That was fun. I thought that was, that was actually a cool sequence at the end there. Yeah. They come up for one final scare and they shoot the, they shoot the boyfriend. Right. And then she comes from behind them, which I thought was, that was good. That was a good scare. Good craft. Um, the makeup was cool. Her hitting the fire, her hitting the gas, the burner and everything and lighting up. Yeah. At the end, she played crazy too much. She was like, you know, that she read that script and was like, oh, I get to be the killer. And she was like, yeah. oh, this is great, babe. I'm the killer. Shut up, Gail Weathers. I'm the crazy killer. I like, I'll tone it down. But it's like them being aware that they're making a sequel for the franchise that they're obsessed with for stab eight mm-hmm. <laughs> guess or whatever they're, they're at. Um, I, I like that con- concept, but at the same time, them being like, we needed to bring it back to the roots for the horror fans. And you're like me, you're talking about me. <laughs> wow. I mean, be gentle with that foot to my nose. Come on. <laughs> you talking about me. I felt the same way. Although I, I thought like, it was pretty good when he was explaining about any of that. like the fandom and he was like, you know, you make fun of the fans because this, you know, this is so important to them, but this means something to us. And I was like, that's true. And I guess you never, like you and I are nerds. We're on the other side of a Comic-Con, right? But like when when a a non-Comic-Con person thinks about people that go to Comic-Con, like, I don't know if you get this, whenever I mention Comic-Con, almost always, if it's not a comic, you know, nerd person, they'll go, do you dress up? You're like, no, not everybody dresses up. Like, you know me and I'm stupid and I'm crazy and everything. But like, I'm not that kind of nerd. I think you know, and I think our fans would probably know, but like the random person at work that I'm talking to about Comic-Con, that's the first thing they think of. Yeah. And I think they think of it with like a, a smirk. Oh, you dress up? Like, dress up. no. And the first year I went to you're Comic-Con, like- I did think that. I was like, look at these fucking nerds dressed up. But then you're like, no, man, wave your fucking nerd flag. If that's what you do to nerd out, how is that any different than me buying my action figures or fucking comic art or even interviewing comic people, right? Like, or, or, you know, 
celebrity nerds that you and I care about. It's the same shit. It's just different ways to celebrate. Different ways to do it, for sure. But, like, the one thing about, I mean, I would dress up to a horror con, but, like, Comic-Con, I'm walking around. I don't want to be in a costume. If I had a better home base or it was, like, closer to where I was staying and didn't have to take a 20-minute bus ride, I might dress up. (laughs) I'm not opposed to it, but Comic-Con isn't the place to dress up. I'll do Monster Palooza or something. I would dress up like you for a Monster Con. I'd be like, I'm the... I'm the... (laughs) I'm the... uh, visual effects supervisor for the walking dead i'd have like computers and a harmonica that i would play with greg nicotero (laughs) (laughs) um i hear something that keeps coming up you know that they they were like kind of bagging on elevated horror and you know we we've said this and and i think sandy king carpenter herself brought this up it's like why do you care what the vampires are like whether they're sparkly or they're badass or they're scary Mm. why do you care you know there's enough room for everybody's fandom. And in theory, I agree with that 100%. But like the problem is money talks. And if a specific version of something, Star Wars, Episode One, Sparkly Vampires, um, Elevated Horror, like if that sells, that's all you're getting for years. Because right, we are right. gone from the era where $200,000 could make you a solid film that you could go see in theaters that got pretty much wide distribution sure so you know my my argument of like well people just need to make more stuff if you don't like that version there will be more but the problem is there might not be more there might not be um you know elevate horrors selling for whatever reason so they keep making it great sure i like it i'm here for it but if you want a schlocky juicy you know just sort of gore fest that two hundred thousand dollars that used to get you a hundred movies back in the 80s there is no platform for that anymore Sure, Shudder will buy it from you, but somebody's got to fund that shit, and nobody's interested in it if it doesn't make the money back. Mm. And streaming isn't doing it. There is no theatrical for a a low-budget, shitty horror movie. It has to be good, or it has to be nothing. So Elevated's working because it's like, well, it's actually good, and I can get other people in seats other than these fucking horror nerds who people wear jason shirts while talking about scream yeah exactly <laughs> um why does that always happen i don't have yeah, that that's jason what i shirts. was like when you showed it this this afternoon you showed it at the beginning of the episode i was like is he doing that on purpose um is he a callback Ooh. so so it's like well i agree it's like there is room for everybody's fandom you shouldn't be shitting on someone else's like hey i like twilight well all right fine that's fucking stupid but fine okay you loser like <laughs> yeah <laughs> fine you shouldn't be i shouldn't be shitting on it because there's plenty of vampire things that are good and don't suck. But at the same time, <laughs> when I see the Disneyfication of Star Wars and you're like, oh my God, it's it's going to be gangbusters and what I like is no longer marketable. Mm-hmm. That's that's scary and I get that. But also like I'm mature enough not to like be a shithead about it. Maybe <laughs> I'll just get on my podcast and be a shithead about yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting though right and i guess you could make that argument at almost any type of art right sure you have what you like and you can always add to that you usually don't i guess you can detract from that right you might not like something anymore but you're going to be you're going to be susceptible to whatever is trending at a given moment right and that's i think it's really interesting if you think about it because go ahead make your joke because i I like yeah I used to like horrorcore rap, and now I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. You're what us juggalos call a hater. <laughs> um, Come on, family. <laughs> when you think about um, 
about horror about about art that's trending that was always the case that was the case in you know the fucking 1800s it doesn't matter what the medium is it matters what is like you said what's selling at any given point you'd think now there'd be broader markets for everything because there's so many platforms and and ways to get whatever medium you're working in out there however it still comes down to what you said money and a lot of those platforms are guests are just not making the money in the quantities for anybody to keep on it so it is whatever is king like whatever's hitting it at that exact moment and then for the next year or two you're going to be stuck with that because I think anybody could, I, I mean, <clears throat> the ability to make a movie now is so raw. Anybody can pick up a phone and have right. pretty much cinematic quality. Yeah. Now, obviously, I know some, some DPs listening right now and they're having a heart attack. Like, did he just say a phone can be good enough to make a movie? Look, say what you want. But, but like when we used to have VHS recorders and we made just our movies, say that. like th- this is no different. Go make a fucking right. movie with your phone. If yeah. you have a good idea... Go make a fucking movie with your phone. Stop listening. Go make a movie. Like, seriously, people just need to make the movies that they want to see. But then you're like, yeah, but why does nobody else get to see those movies? That's the hard part. And that's the thing is those right. don't make movies. Like, like, but like, if you want, we, we should have a hundred Friday the 13th by now. It's such a stupid <laughs> premise. You get a hockey mask and a couple of good kills and you put some great money into some good practical effects. Why how why is that so fucking hard? <laughs> but it is because they don't sell. It's such a like, the property is too big to make it for the budget that makes it work. So they have to make yeah. a multi like a million millions and millions of dollar movie because it's a massive property and and it's all tied up in legal bullshit. It's like so where are the small versions of that? Put a guy in a insert mask here, like any mask. Right. And get some good practical effects. We can like people can do it. But why doesn't it happen? And I think Scream is one of those great examples of like, hey, you still have a franchise that has a big blockbuster presence, has people who want to pump money into it. I like that we're getting weird with it. I like that we took a swung a swing for the fences and you did something with it. But now they've already greenlit six. Do we need it? Absolutely fucking not. But if you're gonna do it, do something. Like what movies so here here's what I want to talk about now. Are there movies later in franchises that you think took swing like big swings and they worked? And what would you like to see for Scream 6? There are franchises for sure. We recently talked about Child's Play, the TV series, yeah. and that's one that I think keeps changing, you know, changing its spots like a chameleon changing what it's doing, and I think it's successful in the areas it's changing. And again, you you gonna you and I talked about it. I think it was for our Child's Play the TV series uh, episode that we did. But like, it keeps doing certain things and like to change. And some of them we like, some of them we don't necessarily care for. It's not our taste, but it's succeeding. And I think it's making the franchise and the character and the mythos all the more successful for it. So, like you said, I'm here for that. I'm on board if you keep doing that. So, I think that's a great example of that, right? Right. Uh, so you don't think you should go to space? That's what I was hoping you were going to say. I, I always want everyone to go to space, dude. I've accidentally watched the first four alien, uh, first four Leprechaun movies completely out of order. I did two, three, f- two, three, one, four. I think. Then I bought the collection, so now I have seven of them on Blu-ray. And cl- now I'm going to go back and do 
to In the Hood, Back to the Hood, and Origins, which is terrible. I've I've been watching a lot of Leprechaun horror lately. It's the it's it's the mid April. So I like I like the one that recently came out. The the one that you and I watched together. Ooh, you did, one. yeah. That's the one I actually thought was in this one, but it's not. It's another one. that's terrible. So um, here's my pitch for Ghostface in Space. You ready? <laughs> I would watch it, but go ahead. Yeah, so, it doesn't matter what you pitch, but I'm watching it. Up on a big space station, because we're keeping it grounded, guys. Up on a space station, the International Space Station, um, they're like, we're going to spend Halloween in space. How fun. And they get up there, and like one of the astronauts is like, teehee, I brought a ghost face mask. Isn't that funny? And they're like, ha, ha, ha. Those stab movies are funny. Ha, ha. We all like it. And you're like, I know where this is going. And sure enough, a bunch of people get stabbed on a space station. But like, it's super claustrophobic. And like, it's you know, alien. But with a ghost face. But with a ghost face. And it's two astronauts. But one <laughs> of them's like, do you like scary movies? And the other one's like, do you like the scary movies? I like the scariest of films. I am astronaut, not cosmonaut. Boy's best friend <laughs> is his mother. <laughs> Boy, no, no, wait. Ah, ah, alternate. Boy's best friend is his mother, Russia. <laughs> In space, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> oh, that would be the tagline, right? In What's space, no one can hear you scream. But like, or that's the title. Yeah. In space, no one can hear you scream six. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of that. Although, let's <laughs> let's think about it. For real, it would would you make it teenagers, like some sort of teenage space program? Or would you have it be adults? Because first of all, in all seriousness, imagine a movie, a scr- what you just described, but the youngest character there is in their late 30s or 40s. It changes the entire film. Even if you just, even if you make the same exact movie with the two different ages, everything else is the same. It's a completely different film. First of all, it makes it less siller, less silly slasher <laughs> and more a highbrow horror just because there's not kids in it. This is also the first Scream film where when presented with the choice, instead of going upstairs, they go out the front door. <laughs> <laughs> And then they're outside and it's like spacewalking and it's like, you can't let go. Cause like if they go outside and they let go of the space, like they're not tethered. And it's like this horrifying moment of them, like hanging on to the space station going to, you know, yes, exactly. And they're like, if I let go, I'm fucking done for. And, and like out the windows, you keep having ghost space being like, whoa, whoa, like looking at them and like trying to find what door they're going to come in. Oh, See, Ghostface in space. Come on, guys. I bet like Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, that, all right. I'm on board. There's actually a lot of room to play there. I mean, because like you don't play. It's it's not. It does not like you're you're not on a fucking Nostromo. It doesn't. It's not right, all gray right. and chains. It's the International Space Station. It's not that big. It's very claustrophobic. And you're trapped with two ghost faces. Awesome. Because especially after this, during quarantine, um, one of the astronauts who went up to the International Space Station snuck a gorilla suit on and burst out of a box dressed as a gorilla gorilla and scared the shit out of uh, some of the astronauts. I thought it was so fucking awesome. You could tell he peed his pants because all these droplets were like floating. Um, You think that now here's the question. Those astronauts that got surprised by the guy in the gorilla suit. Do you think that in that first moment of fright, do you think they were like, Oh shit, a gorilla? Or do you think they were like, oh shit, space gorilla? <laughs> like one of the aliens from like an old Godzilla movie where they ha- where they die and they like slowly time fade to gorilla. <laughs> I think Oh just, shit, gorilla. I oh shit, space gorilla. Space gorilla. I think it's the same principle as our far far like arf, there's, arf, not, arf. there's not supposed to be a furry gorilla in space. <laughs> 
I don't remember bringing That's this. Like gorilla the ultimate arf arf arf. <laughs> but see, also, oh god, this first death, everyone knows who the killers are, and I think that would also be a benefit too, because like most of the screams are who done it. The first time somebody kills it, like his name, his name tags on his space. Suit. Oh, he doesn't have the whole outfit. He could, he could. that'd be. But I'm just as a joke. I was like, you know, you you, <laughs> but you know who the killers are immediately because like there's only nine people up there at any one time anyway. So it's like, oh shit but we're going to kill them all. And the whole time right. they're trying to figure out how to bring them home. See, and that would be great. Cause then they're like, what's their motivation? They're like, it's like, you know, we they, like, they're like, we're so tired of these shitty slasher movies. We wanted to tank the franchise and nothing tanks a franchise. Like going to space, go to space. I'm a genius. Why come is on. this made? Yeah. yeah. Come on. We're so brilliant. <laughs> all right. I'll email uh, Rod, Roger Jackson and tell him uh, this idea. I'll be like, listen, I know you know people. Wes Craven is rolling over in his grave right now to give us a thumbs With up. With laughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's the second monumental horror film director that we've made roll in it, roll over in their graves. Didn't we do George Romero too? Didn't we have him rolling one time? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We I were think we to... did for our our for our uh, famous monsters of Filmland episodes. I think yeah, we were yeah, talking we're... about all the zombie movies. <laughs> we were. <laughs> um. So, yeah, trying to think of movies like in the fifth or sixth film actually took a big swing in one. Um, obviously, Jason Lives is way late in the franchise. And they're like, let's yeah. just make him a zombie. Wow. Fucking cool. Uh, does that work for Ghostface? Do you ever see an undead Ghostface or does that does that totally destroy this franchise? I mean, I have the zombie mask, if that's what you're asking me, the zombie version. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, I feel like that changes the franchise. Like, that's a hard left turn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because now you're in now you're in a, you know, now you're in fantasy. Whereas the slasher is grounded in real life, even though it's fantastical. Once you've got a zombie in there, it's a zombie movie, right? It's a different yep. type of, it's a diff- different uh, genre. True, true. Um, so in uh, the Chucky franchise, it turned into kind of a hard comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be okay with Scream being funnier than it is now? Like like really pushing like how, how funny it could be? I would be okay with it, especially like, it would have felt weird in two or three, even four. But now in six, starting with, because it wouldn't be five, right? It would be six. So if you started at six, yeah, I think, but it would be weird. Like it would be, it would again, it, w- it would be like if, it, the same question for Jason. Because there have been some that are scarier and there have been some that wink at the audience. But if Jason was as funny as Chucky, it would be a whole different story, right? <laughs> Although again, you got to think that the, the antagonists of those films Chucky is a wise ass. Chucky is, you know, literally insane. Chucky is doing this for some of it for kicks. That's not Jason's motivation. And Jason doesn't talk. So he wouldn't be making jokes. Same thing with Ghostface. If Ghostface were giving quips, it would essentially be a different character. Whereas uh, Child's Play 3, well, Child's Play 2 gets more jokes. Child's Play 3, more jokes. Then from 3 to 4, he definitely evolves a bit, but it's still the same character. Right. So it would be out of place, but I'd be okay with it, I guess is my answer. I'd like, I want to see, yeah, I, I am interested to see if this franchise needs more comedy or if they do it again, like if they do it and you're like, ah, that, that actually was a terrible idea. I'd be fine being like, ah, that was a bad idea. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but like, hey, I got to see what it would be. I got to see what it would look like at this point. Let's just throw yeah. it at the wall. Um, don't do a cult as we've seen any six movie that introduces a sure, cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cults are never good. You got to be a cult from the beginning. And from even the beginning, then, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. or the second film. You might be like two or three, but like if you have not introduced a cult by the third movie, 
Um, bullshit. Can't spring cults on us five or six in, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I would like the idea if they went like kind of purge, where it's like suddenly there's like everybody had ghost face masks and everybody's okay. getting like you know, and there's kind of that sort of weird twist. I don't know, but like what at this point, what haven't you done that you think a six film can explore? Because this one to me was so kick your nose through the back of your skull on the nose, wink at you meta, or <laughs> you do it as an elevated horror film. <laughs> well, that, I guess that's the thing is, and that would be, I was going to bring this up before you started talking about space, but it will be interesting because Scream is trying to read the room and make a movie based on that, right? So, yeah. ostensibly, if the next horror movie, the next Scream movie is going to come out in a year or two, will trends have changed enough that they can make a relative a, a, a film rel, what what's the word a meta film relative to that time frame well and i think that's the thing is you're always trying to the, scream is taking the pulse and giving a commentary on that and mm-hmm. the formula for the first one worked so fucking well and still works so well Re, it rewatches incredibly well that the other ones never managed to capture that and i think mm. i liked how the fourth one did but that fourth one was like its own pulse and the fifth one was like, okay, we're going to reach back outside again and be like, this is the state of horror right now. Okay, all right. And I think you succeeded in that, but something in the formula was lacking. So in the sixth one, what is the pulse you're trying to take that isn't what you did now? And I would laugh really hard if it starts like this super annoying couple is like, obviously they should break up, but the girl, uh, her sister commits suicide. So they go out to this like foreign country and Ghostface is there to midsummer that shit <laughs> i want ghost face to become a literal ghost so not zombie full-on ghost guillermo del yeah. toro style i love it but they don't know it at first at first it, it doesn't look like a ghostbusters ghost looks like a regular person but then they finally the ghost is somehow like it's one of those things where like the ghost doesn't pass through you it's able to kill you but if you try to touch the ghost you can't the ghost is super sexy with the ghost face mask on she's like come here come here and you're like no no, I am not. <laughs> Look, I think I'm pretty awesome, but if a sexy ghost is trying to beckon me that I don't know, yeah. that I didn't I didn't hit on that sexy ghost, obviously, obviously. Like the idea if you started the hitting on yeah. and the sexy ghost reciprocated, you'd be like, all right, I'm in. Because it's always in these movies. It's, it's not like, okay, it's not like I'm at a bar and I see like a hot chick. I'm like, hey, you want to want to hang out? And she's like, no. But then later she's like ghost face mask. And you're like, cool. Are you that girl from earlier that I hit on? No, it's never even that. It's never even a scenario that makes sense. It's like you're in fucking space and a <laughs> sexy chick that you don't know is like, come here. And yeah. you're so fucking stupid that you're going to follow that ghost to your death. By all means, follow that boner to your doom. Guys. Tell us what you think the sixth scream should be. What what movie tropes do you like to see in later films? What did you think of? About on a, I'm thinking on a boat, boat face, boat face. <laughs> well, because like think of how many horror movies or in a in a trilogy or not a trilogy, but in the later movies, Jason uh, Jason takes Manhattan, which is really Jason on a boat, right? Yeah. There's other movies where they're trapped either on a boat or an oil rig or I was gonna say undersea lab, but that's too fantastical. Speed two with Ghostface. Yeah, same thing. Cruise control. Ghostface. Scream six. Mm-hmm. Cruise control. Okay, I'm here for that. All right. I would watch any of these. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. I I like the franchise enough that you have like you have three shit installments before I'm like, nope, sorry. A hundred percent. 
I he, that's why I'm saying like the sixth one I have no hope for. So even if you pull Just out do whatever, have yeah, fun, have fucking fun. That's all I ask you. Make me have fun. Make me go. You know what? Of all the stupid things you could have done, this is funny. Like that's what I, that's all I can hope for at this point because <laughs> I don't need it. Certainly don't need it. But I want to see evil evil twins. So like Billy's twin. Like they, you don't see him as a character, but someone sees that he's Ghostface. We do the like, no, but Billy Billy Loomis is dead. He's dead. He's dead. Finally, he's like, I'm Henry Loomis. We do the Wes Craven version, where it's the actor who played Billy Loomis is like actually becomes a killer. <laughs> Skeet Ulrich, yeah. yeah, Skeet Ulrich, and then we get Matthew Willard. Yeah, no, dude, like, and he won't do it. He's like, no, dude, that's what we have a career, we have families. I was. I was Scooby Doo for God's sake. <laughs> Tori Spelling. Tori's no. It should be the stab cast. Yes, the stab cast starts killing each that other. That was one of my favorite things that they showed in this movie was um uh the the, the Randy Meeks played by a no name actor. He's like some no name's gonna be me, and you're gonna get to be Tori Spelling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. That's funny that they did that. Anyway, guys, let us know. We love to hear from you. Thanks for everybody reaching out. Thanks for everybody talking to us. Thanks for everybody who keeps listening and watching. You know, we appreciate it. We got some fun stuff coming up. Matt and I uh, yeah. talked about The Last Dragon, but uh, the internet was crap, so I have to edit the shit out of that. <laughs> uh, we got some fun stuff coming up. You know, we have some fun ideas. It's going to be a good time. But until then, Matt, let's blast this thing off. Give a little extra oomph on that one. <laughs> We're the Rocketeers and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. I think that was solid. And also insightful. Also, fucking Scream in Space is now my new obsession. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you leave that in the episode. Like, I want that in there somehow. <laughs> It was because Scream. It started off as a joke. I I would have watched it even if it looked as bad as Leprechaun Four. But like what we're saying, actually, like there are some really good ideas or tropes or things. Because every time we've seen a space horror movie, it's been like on a space station with gravity and like some weird like oh, like I don't know. It's a space station with chains and it's all like, yeah alien alien esque. It do one like the movie Gravity. But like yeah. it's fucking slasher in space for like as serious as you possibly could take it. I right. would like what? And then literally but again, the, if you had the older cast, it would lend to that, too. Right. It would automatically legit legitimize it a little bit. And here's how you get the older cast involved. So you, down in Houston, like Houston, we have a problem. We're being chased by slashers. And like, well, we need to talk to somebody who knows slashers. And whether you actually bring in nev campbell as nev campbell or you bring in sydney the character because she's dealt with slashers and they're like we have a slasher expert and she's like you need to do this this and this and all this and that and then gail weathers is there of course because she's covering the space station disaster oh and what if one or more of them doesn't go into space they're at ground control that's what i'm saying they're all on ground control but then you have and then you have a shot a a close-up shot of them on the computer talking to the people in the space station, the people in the space station have narrowed it down. They're like, we know so-and-so is the killer. And she's leaning over with her headset. And this is the shot. And she's like, but there are always two killers. And then all of a sudden, a knife. <gasps> One of them's on Houston on ground control. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Gail Weathers goes, that's right, Sydney. There always is two killers. Oh! <laughs> In space, no one can hear you scream six. <laughs> dude, dude, 
See, I thought both of them were going to be in space. No, there's only one killer in space, and the That's other one's good, right? at ground control, chasing them around <laughs> like this government base, and they can't find him. That's a legit movie, right? That's fucking... And you play... You don't do the ground control thing until the end of Act 2. Yeah, you know, no, no, no. That, right? that, that's the big... Because like I said, they immediately know, oh my God, this, this astronaut's gone crazy. He's killing everybody in space. And they're like, fuck. Like immediately you're like, okay, we've targeted one of the guys. We know who it is. We figure him out real quick. But then you're like, there's always two. So you think there's two up in space, but one of them's on the ground. And he's like, oh man, it's Ed Harris or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Hanks. You get Tom Hanks for that role. One day. Just come in for one day. Oh God. How fucking, that's a good movie. Can you make a, can you make a poster in space? No one can hear you scream sex. (laughs) I will. I will. I will. Of course I will. Oh, Oh my God. Put us in there somewhere. Oh man. That's fucking shit. All right. Let's keep spitballing. Maybe for next week, we, we come up with uh, 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 an outline for that, because that would be a fun one to do. <laughs> this week's episode, Scream 6. People are like, Last week we did Scream 5. Thanks for everybody who told us we were stupid. Uh, this <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving. So even though, a lot of you, even though a lot of you wrote that Scream 6 would not be good in space, <laughs> here's our 45-minute long pitch on Scream 6 in space. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's brilliant and I think I think and I love the reasoning because when you go to the sixth film it kills the franchise in space obviously <laughs> yeah. it's going to kill the franchise and I'm a scientist who thinks this franchise is stupid and you're like brilliant yeah alright <sighs> I gotta all go right. to Easter but I will keep thinking about this all day I just hope someone says oh what would you what did you guys podcast about this morning and I'm gonna be like well not really about this week it's about next week <laughs> this week was just the intro to next week <laughs> ruby made this hilarious joke about scream six should be in space but then he suddenly was like wait a fucking second yeah. and we just <laughs> we ran with it for an hour and a half <laughs> <laughs>